Hey everybody, this is Pop Culture Continuum, and for this episode we had a special guest. Pat, you want to let listeners know who it was? Jessica, a listener who wanted to be on the show, and we had a great time talking to her. Yes, and this this week's podcast, uh, we let her pick, and it was the X-Files versus the Twilight Zone. Correct. Uh, and, and if you're wondering why we're talking now, we just decided to start putting this in the front of the show when we have a guest on, just to let you know who we're talking to. Yeah, and to uh, yeah to mentally prepare you uh, for a different voice. I know it can be quite jarring to our listeners sometimes. Uh, so that... if you're driving, get off to the side of the road and park. And if you're flying, put the seat back thing up. Yeah, and maybe take an Ambien. Well, I I thought that was just a given for every time you listen to our show. Well, our show's usually kind of its own version of Ambien anyway, so I don't think they need to do it, but um. But yeah, this was a, a fun podcast. I was a little bit worried that John would be too too mean to Jessica, but it turned out that I was much meaner, so it, it worked out okay. Which is exactly how I knew it would go, so um, I was all right with the whole thing. Anyway, uh, here it is, the X-Files vs. Twilight Zone with Jessica. Enjoy. Wild and distance. In existence, join the resistance. Come on, let's start by talking tactics. Have a pass and match us. Here's how we practice. The lost art of conversation. David Jason. Hey, everybody, welcome to Pop Culture Continuum. This is John Elliott. This is Patrick Riccardi. And this week we have a guest. Guest. Hello, I'm Jessica. Yeah. And hi, Jessica. <laughs> hi, Jessica. We don't know Jessica, and uh, we talked a little bit before we started recording. Um, well, we know her now. Before the show started, John absolutely grilled her. So. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I had to make sure she wasn't, you know, uh, totally insane. Or... Oh, yeah. Actually, didn't you mention that on a previous show? Were you referring to me? Yeah. The... Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I just wanted to confirm right up front that, yeah, you're right. Okay. Let's continue. <laughs> Yeah, no, you seem uh, you seem relatively well adjusted. So we're gonna compared to us. Just you wait. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll see. You did pick uh, two uh, two crazy shows, so we let Jessica pick uh, the theme for this one. So Jess, can I call you Jess because I'm just lazy? I'll take that as a sure, yes. Sure, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna say Jay. Go for it. Uh, do you want to tell us what the uh, what we're doing this week? Um, yeah, now I actually forgot the title. So well, we're you, you can just do the, the <laughs> shows, the general shows. <laughs> well, I thought it would be great to do Twilight Zone versus X-Files because I think, although they are different shows, there would be no X-Files without the Twilight Zone. So that was the idea. Yeah, no, that's true. And uh, there there would also be no Animal House. So yeah, Twilight Zone. Um, well, I use well we we talked about this a little bit before we went on the air. Um, we're all roughly the same age. We're like in the same age groups. Um, and I I know we grew up in different parts of the country, but uh, they used to show like Twilight Zones late at night on like the the uh, third rate channel out here. So I used to watch it like nightly at at eleven o'clock. Um, back in the, it, it was on like some UHF band channel, you know. 
Yeah, mm. I don't remember what channel I watched it on. Um, a lot of the stuff, the weird stuff I used to watch was on Night Flight. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, yeah. Was that Based USA? Of LA or some, yeah, USA. But I don't think that's where I saw Twilight Zone. But um, yeah, you definitely could see a lot of Twilight Zone-esque things <laughs> on Night Flight. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it as a kid. Um, I remember loving Twilight Zone, and then, but being really creeped out by the show Rod Serling did after Twilight Zone. I think it was Night called Gallery. Night Gallery. Yeah, that was. I think the the themes weren't any scarier, but the color, the nineteen sixties color, was yeah. made it really really creepy. Yeah, and Twilight Zone was a little more comfortable. The 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 sets were just just more comfortable. Like the Alfred Hitchcock present, very similar to Alfred Hitchcock presents. Well, the Twilight Zones would be so different, too, depending on the writer. You know, That's it seemed true. like a, it was sort of a... And also, like, the X-Files, too. I mean, it depends which writer is doing the show, and it's going to go into a different arena. It might get more funny or, you know, more scary. Or, like, with the Twilight Zone, you had a lot of the themes, which were, uh, you know, time travel, or then they'd go the Civil War era. So they, they like, had their little go-tos to, to get you into a different realm, I guess. Oh, totes, 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 my goats. Uh, yes. I miss the the idea of an anthology show. It's so it's so neat every week to have everybody different, a cast almost entirely different, new writers, new directors, everything. Like you're wiping the slate clean. I I don't think there's any show on any channel like that now. In the '80s, they had the Amazing Stories and uh, the Tales from the Crypt. But lately, I don't, I don't, I can't think of anything like that. Well, well if you take the right drugs, Pat, every show is like that. <laughs> what were you going to say? Uh, well, Amer- American Horror Story kind of does that. I mean, oh, from he, season to season. Yeah, but yeah, he still true. uses the same actors. So, but it's a different story. Yeah, and, I, and True Detective's going to do that from season to season. Um, oh, they are. They're going to have like different actors, or oh, yeah, yeah. After after these eight episodes, that's it for this story. Then it'll be a whole new thing next. Oh, that's season. neat. That's what I was hoping they would do with the killing. I don't know if you guys watched that show. Nope. But the I haven't was, seen it. Is that the one based on a Danish? Is that based yes. on the Danish show? Yeah, I haven't seen yes. it, but I it was it. it was really good. And if they had just stuck it to one season and the second season have a different crime, it would have been better. But. That's Sorry America for you. So the episode we watched was Come Wander With Me. Now I remembered the name. Sorry about that. <laughs> that I forgot. <laughs> oh, yes. The Twilight Zone episode was Come Wander With Me. So do you, uh, why don't you talk about why you picked that one specifically? Or was it just like kind of a random thing? Um, no, it wasn't random. I think it was because that one sort of stuck with me for a long time, probably because of the song. And the song actually has seemed to have a longer shelf life than the episode. It's been covered and it's, you know, been used for different things afterwards. Um, and I think also the like the rural environment when I was young, I grew up in sort of this small town near the mountains and we had all these old you know, like these these wooded areas that that looked similar to some of these sets on the Twilight Zone. So it kind of would freak me out a little bit. So I think that was why it stuck with me. And then the music. I mean, the rockabilly kid as the main character. And <laughs> I think it was just, you know, it was just funny. <laughs> yeah, I like that he was a rockabilly kid. And then he's going to uh, look for like this old mountain folk music that had nothing to do with rockabilly whatsoever. And I right. like how how insistent he was that he was going to buy it. He was it was like some it was, it, it was the episode itself to me seemed very dreamlike, where it was just these things that didn't make sense, but they made sense in, as a part of the story. 
Well, yeah, but he like basically he almost he prostituted himself for the song. I mean, she wouldn't, you know, he's yeah. like, I'll fall well, in love with you if you don't want to <laughs> sell me the song. I'll fall in love with you for the song. And so, yeah, oh, we, I guess we should tell people it's it's about this uh, this dude, the rockabilly kid who uh, is a music star and he's um, off in in like bumfuck Arkansas somewhere, um, you know, the Appalachians, wherever. Um, and he's looking for. A, uh, an authentic song that he can he can buy and cover and he he meets some people and they don't want to sell him the song and there's there's a woman who uh, he yeah he professes his love to to try to get the song from her that he heard her singing that's the basic gist of it yeah <laughs> but there's a Twilight this, Zone the, twist of course the song that she's singing predicts the future or it's a, they're in a loop whatever yeah, yeah well they tell you a lot before it even starts i mean i think it's funny that you know the very first scene they tell you everything about this guy without any dialogue at all so that you mm -hmm. know the, the sign on his car uh basically tells you what his hits are what his name is you know what he's doing um but i you know i was I, because i watched it again after all these years i started thinking about like well you see his grave at the beginning so you already know he's gonna die right so i mean then i was <laughs> thinking that bridge is that you know like a bridge between life and death or <laughs> well that that's what i mean i found it actually a really interesting episode of the twilight zone because um a lot of them a lot of episodes i, I love the twilight zone but they they spell things out in excruciating detail like you they hit you over the head with it and this one it was it was a lot more vague what was going on like um like you said he walks past his own grave early on and then uh and then the woman that he's talking to about the song um, keeps making reference to, you know, do something different this time as if they're mm -hmm. in some kind of eternal loop um, that they just keep playing out over and over. But it's never explicitly spelled out. Yeah, I was wondering if it's like him every time or if it's just in general a person every time or if it's just every time someone dies this is what happens they get us well, i hope not i don't, <laughs> don't want to be killing a rayford brother every time i die i, know. I do he was so murdery wasn't he that guy <laughs> he was just killing people left and right after I was like, yeah. there he goes <laughs> well once you do one you really you really have to keep going just you can't stop it's like i Pringles. just did not get why he was so violent like well the, that rockabilly mad. music it 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 does that to you. Well, oh, remember, a... remember, his dad's been Crosby. So, wait, what the hell are you talking about? Oh yeah, that actor. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, the right. actor's Gary Crosby's been Crosby's son. <laughs> oh, and is he? Uh, is he Star Trek: The Next Generation's father? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it might be uncle. Well, yeah. Thanks. I could have, I could have done the math on that one, Pat. Well, do you know who directed the episode? No. Richard Donner, yeah, who's like the Omen, Superman, Goonies, oh, no X, the X. He's the producer of the X Men movies. So, um, the writer of the episode though didn't seem to be very noteworthy, actually, <laughs> just the director. And the song you mentioned, the song uh, that she sings. So, was that like a song written specially for the the show, or was it is it an actual like old folk song that got popular from the show? Do you know? No, it, it seems like a show. Yeah, it was written and but Bonnie Beecher who sang it or who played, you know, um what Mary Rachel. Mm -hmm. She was pretty popular or she was in the folk singing world at the time. So she was like linked to Bob Dylan and I did read, I don't know if you read this too that they 
Liza Minnelli was up for that part. That <laughs> yeah, like... would have been a much different episode. That would have been fantastic. <laughs> that, yeah, would have been interesting. But then who would have had to play Floyd Bernie to Liza Minnelli's Mary Rachel? Paul Lind? <laughs> I, I was like Mickey Rooney's son. <laughs> here's what I want to know. What's the deal with a uh, chick's name Mary? Why can't they just go by Mary? It's always like Mary Beth, Mary Elizabeth, Mary. Because there's five billion Marys, you have to differentiate yourself. There's five billion Johns, but I just go by John. I, I think it was to connotate her um, her backwards rule background or something. I think it was. Yeah, like there were. To give... She had like sixteen sisters, also named Mary. So probably, <laughs> I think it was to just put you in the atmosphere of the place. Yeah, she wasn't sophisticated. She wasn't a sophisticated Mary. No, she was not. Um, although, although uh, she was out of out of his league. I don't care if he's famous. He he was not that handsome a dude. Oh no, and he didn't have the power to make like to make a song just come out of a recording device before the events <laughs> happened. No, he didn't. Do yeah, that. but he was competing with the Rayford brothers, and I don't know. <laughs> Did we ever see all of them? I think we only end up nope, seeing one. Just the one. We saw killed. one, and we saw the shadows of the rest, which was right. Enough, so that enough. was that was a cheap uh, decision on their part. Yeah, <laughs> less cast to pay for. And then he, and then he killed the old man at the music oh, yeah, that was shed. Crazy. I don't know what the hell that place was, but <laughs> apparently in the backwoods they have they just have music stores out of uh out of old garages. But, where nothing's for sale. Where, yeah, no, nothing's <laughs> for sale. And uh don't bother talking to the dude cuz he's not going to he's not going to respond or try to give well, you a hard Well, I don't think he sell. can hear because he couldn't hear the music. That's no, true. No, he couldn't. But it wasn't for him. Well, so when Mary Rachel sometimes wore the like the mourning gown, was she mourning the Rayford brother who died, or was she uh, mourning Floyd Bernie? She's probably mourning everybody. Like it seems Just like a life. lot of death going on in this town. Yeah, I think there were probably a lot of other men who had died before him. We just didn't see all those graves. He's the only one who got a nice gravestone since he was famous. Maybe yeah. so. So, Jess, or Jay, if you will, uh, your take on it is that um, this guy, the the rockabilly kid, was just one of many songwriters who came there and, and died. It could, yeah, it could be. Like, that this is, um, it could either be like a Groundhog Day kind of situation, where it just keeps repeating in a loop. Or it could be that every time she falls in love with anybody, that this happens. That's what happens, yeah. And so, I like it. I, oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, so it's like the song is like a tragic song, and it's it's even more tragic because it's not just a song; it's her life. You know, just the tragedy keeps coming back. I like it as that Groundhog Day thing with Mary Rachel's the main character, and she just can't change fluid burning no matter what she does. <laughs> and there's like she ten, keeps ten like million other his episodes. cocktail and stuff. Yeah. yeah, she tries other methods to get him to change, but he never does. He always has to murder. And he always has to run. Well, if she would learn some French poetry, maybe she'd get there. <laughs> yeah, we, she needs to be a little more sophisticated. Uh, speaking of, sorry, I'm going to do a tangent. Groundhog Day, Pat, uh, we should mention, this will be like old news by the time this comes out, but uh, Harold Ramis die. Yeah, sad. Yeah, sad. It was nice sad. that Bill Murray got a, a good uh, mention of him in the, on the Oscars. The, yeah, I like that. Um, 
But yeah, I think I've mentioned. I missed that on the Oscars. <laughs> oh yeah, when Bill Murray was was presenting for uh, best cinematographer, he said, "Oh, and I forgot one: Harold Ramis for Ghostbusters and Groundhog Day and Caddyshack." Ah, oh, great. And, yeah. So anyway, uh, Harold Ramis, I hope you are not living out a uh, Mary Beth scenario <laughs> right now. It is, it's funny when Bill Murray first started talking, I was like, I wonder if he'll say anything about Howard Ramis. So I was, I was so happy when he did. This was very sweet. Well, it was funny. There was a, um, on NPR, they ran an interview with him on Fresh Air and Terry Gross asked him like, God, how do you get this idea? And you know, this happens and this happens. And, you know, she explains the plot of Groundhog Day and he says, well, you know, somebody wrote it <laughs> and I just <laughs> made, the story, made the movie. <laughs> So yeah, it was. I it's. I'm just. It's not verbatim what he said, but it was. It was funny. It's really a dumb question um, <laughs> of of creative people. Like I I write, and I've had some people ask me like vaguely, you know, what, what's your inspiration and blah, blah blah. But like that's just so like inspiration's easy. Like it's it's like anything else. It's all just work. Like that's what it is. That's that's how he. That's how Harold Ramis did it. He worked at it. That's how the writer did it. He worked yeah. at it. You know. It's not oh, yeah, magical. Oh, yeah, but he's hilarious at the same time. Oh, no, for right. sure. I mean, he definitely had skills, but that's also from, from lots of work and practice, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so fuck you, Terry Gross. Stop asking <laughs> your dumb, dumb questions. <laughs> Sorry, so what, Terry, he doesn't how, mean that. How can we, like, top her questions then? Let's ask a good question. Of, of, of Harold Ramis? <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> I don't think that's possible right now. <laughs> I was hoping that there was some kind of medium, but uh, I guess not. I was hoping Pat was going to try to do another. We are one of his talking characters. about the Twilight Zone. True. <laughs> I, I don't think I'll ever do a character based on a dead guy that I really like. Sorry, John. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see. We'll see when we're really hurting for ratings. <laughs> oh wait! I sorry to break you off the. Um, Please do. Your own famous tangent, but um. Do you know who Bonnie Beecher is now? No, I didn't even know. I didn't recognize her in the in the episode. <laughs> this is this is great. Yeah. Yeah. This it it got weirder and weirder. So I guess Pat looked her up too. So her name is Jahanara Romney, and she's married to Wavy Gravy, who is the official circus clown of the Grateful Dead. Is that his title? Or? I didn't know he had a title. I just thought of him as a '60s cultural icon and ice cream flavor. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Also, that's a good way of putting it. I did not. I had heard of him. I did not know who he was married to, and I, you know, I didn't know that, and I didn't know he was married to Bob Dylan's former girlfriend. But I also didn't know his last name was Romney. So I guess somewhere <laughs> back there, he's he's related to Mitt. <laughs> so, that would be crazy. Oh, so wait, she she pulled so she, a uh, Cassius Clay and and a Cat Stevens, and just like totally hippified her name. Well, she she changed her first name and then just took Wavy Gravy's last name. She, His she, real she, last name, yeah. She totally should have taken gravy as her last name. <laughs> oh, and that's another great thing. When I was going through the, the the looking through Bonnie Beecher's life, I got to how Wavy Gravy got his nickname. He he passed it. Not he didn't pass out. He was really tired from being an MC at a show. And BB King came out, and BB King looked down at him and said, "You Wavy Gravy, don't <laughs> don't worry. I'll just play around you." And Wavy Gravy said, "Once I heard that, I knew that had to be my name for the rest of my life." I don't really quite get the uh, <laughs> the inference there. I, like I don't. I guess I'm not up on B, my BB King. Slide. I think BB King. Was, that was just his way of saying you you tired or whatever. But whatever. You wavy gravy. I'll just play around you. Don't worry. Just stay there. I think that's pretty great. 
I think maybe B.B. King was using some uh, Cockney rhyming slang. We just have to figure out what it was for. I didn't oh, realize yeah, that. Down Ooh. south, they use that a lot, yeah. <laughs> well, the, the uh, yeah, I really, like I said, I'm I glad really... I'm not the only one that, that went down that, that rabbit hole, the wavy gravy Bonnie Beecher. <laughs> oh, my <ride>. gosh. <laughs> I, I, did the, I did look up, tried to find something about Bonnie Beecher um, when I had watched the episode again, like, I don't know, last year or something, and I, and I got to a dead end, um, and I was trying to find, like, her singing that song live somewhere. But I guess I got to the dead end because, as I found out now, she changed her name. <laughs> so, I guess. But she doesn't even have, I was surprised. I mean, she's kind of a significant figure, but she doesn't even have her own Wikipedia page. No, she, I know. She's just the wife of. And she is. There are pictures of her on the Camp Win a Rainbow website. Yeah, the, that's their organization that Wavy Gravy and her, she started. Yeah. And, but she was, I mean, she's that, but she was also a, a prominent actress in the 60s she was in what twilight's in a couple of episodes of star trek and other that kind of thing so yeah yeah you'd think that someone would write something up about her john there oh. you go <laughs> oh oh i think i remember her from star trek she, uh <laughs> she plays scotty all right uh i like this episode of the twilight zone because like i said it was very uh it kind of let you fill in in your mind what was really going on um, unlike Rod Serling's usual um, shock twist, it was kind of like you said, spelled out at the beginning that the dude had died. So um, you just were left to figure out how and why he was still here, and it didn't really explain it. So I, yeah. I appreciated that. Yeah, you never really know what's exactly going on. It was a good episode. It was fun. I like the idea that a song can be enchanted. That a song can have power. Like, I don't know, to make you kill people, I guess. Seems like that's Predictive the power it had future. over him. And it yeah. can record itself onto a tape deck. Yeah. Well, I mean, I yeah, I I can, I kind of feel that way about uh, me so horny. Damn. All right. Let's let somebody else talk. <laughs> oh, God. Keep going. <laughs> Definitely. <Deafening laughs> silence. Get yourself out of that one. What do you mean? Well, a song that can enchant you and make you want to kill people. Oh, okay, yeah. There, I, there I, might be more songs that do that. You're I right. mean, yeah, mo mostly it makes me want to kill Luther Campbell, but okay. But yeah, I think the uh, you know, there's a lot of this was a uh, surprising Twilight Zone episode to pick because I, uh, I actually wasn't familiar with. I don't remember it. Um, you know, I I figured you'd go for one of the William Shatner ones or the. Uh, Last train to whatever the hell it was. Yeah, was you have than, the top five lists of people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Was there more than one William Shatner one? Yeah, there was one where he was in a diner and, uh, in like they stopped over in some diner in a town, him and his girlfriend, and uh, he oh, was, with that devil thing. Yeah, there was like some something on the diner counter that was like a little fortune teller thing, and it was like kept telling them bad shit was gonna happen, and so he didn't want to leave. Um, Oh, I've always seen the, the the airplane one. The airplane one, of course, yeah. That one really scared me. I I really the first time I went on an airplane, I I really like would not look out the window at night. <laughs> I'm, I'm not kidding. It was really no. I think I was too young when I watched the Twilight Zone episodes. Probably the first time. Oh yeah, I was too. Definitely. Um, there were like I said, there was that was back in the days of three channels, and and you know there was. Not much on, especially late at night. It was just old reruns of, of old shows. 
Um, and even during the day, like if you were a kid, you know, you'd come home and Gomer Pyle or something shitty would be on. I think Twilight Zone is an example of, of most of the time when we talk about television, we talk about how t- this is the golden age right now is TV has never been better. But I think Twilight Zone is an example of something that w- was better than what they have now. It, the writing is better. It and was a creative showcase for the talent at the time. Yeah. And it, yeah, it was great. Yeah, well, I mean, it was coming out of what they originally called the golden age of television, you know, when they had, um, they they did like teleplays and stuff, you know, like Marty That's and, true. and all that. That's true. Um, the stu- what was that? Studio studio something that, 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 that did that stuff that a lot of it turned into movies and was actually, was very, was more high-minded than what came after. Right, yeah, but yeah, because you get into mid-60s and then it kind of, and then it kind of turned into a horror show. Hee-haw. <laughs> well you just everything was so far removed from real life until the 70s probably yeah all in the family i, I mean i'm watching all in the fan i've watched some all in the family recently on one of these like me tv or one of those channel retro channels and uh you can see why it was like a game changer um as far as like dealing with real issues of the day but it doesn't really hold up very well like it's not an enjoyable show to watch uh, as much as I remembered it being as a kid. That's true. I'd prefer Sanford and Sons. I oh, Sanford and Sons from that doesn't? era. <laughs> that would be I, I was just going to say, why, why isn't Sanford and Son on streaming? Oh, same with All in the Family, but those 70s shows, none of them are really on any kind of streaming. You have to search them out on MeTV or get the DVDs. I don't think that's right. Because people who are geriatric don't use streaming services? That's my guess. Those big dummies. <laughs> yeah, Sanford and the Son is one for the ages. De- yeah, that definitely. And Barney Miller holds up too, actually. Does oh, yeah, it? That was great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Barney Miller's still good. I'm shocked that holds up. Yeah, I was too. I I seem to remember like Genji Cohen. I think she wrote for Sanford and Son or something. It was like one of her first writing jobs. Or who, wait, know. who was that? Who is that? that was that Wavy Gravy's wife's new name? I don't oh, know. No, Genji Cohen, the writer of Weeds and Orange is the New Black. Oh, and she was around that Gilmore long? Gilmore Girls. I thought that I had, I don't know why I'm vaguely remembering that that was one of her jo- first jobs. She wrote on some of these 70s TV shows as a young, yeah, as a young person just starting out. That's but pretty I cool. Could be completely wrong, but I seem to vaguely remember she's involved in that. So. Eh, who cares? This is the internet. <laughs> Nobody's going to go look it up. You can Google it. <laughs> you can send a mail with who it actually was I'm talking about. But okay, so I, 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 I think Orange is the New Black was better than Weeds, and I, I kind of liked Weeds, but I, th- I think Orange is the New Black was a lot better. I thought Weeds went off the rails fairly early for me, anyway. Um, but I liked Orange is the New Black. I just, I just hated uh, what's her name, Mary. Louise Parker. Mary Louise like Parker. Her? I hated her character so much more and more as, as the show went on that I just found it it hard to watch. I well, that's just... why it was such a powerful show. I think it's like the first female heroine who ever in pop culture who's completely unlikable and bad and a bad mother and a bad girlfriend and, you know, terrible friend. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you never see women like that in TV. So no, it's I, true. I, for some reason, though, it just didn't. The uh, her terribleness turned me off. So, <laughs> yeah. What a surprise! <laughs> 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 no, 
know, she it's hard to even yeah, care about what happens to her. That's true. Yeah, but, no, uh, I mean there's been there've been terrible characters like Tony Soprano and and Walter White and stuff who I I've, you know, sympathized with, but I for some reason I she seemed this, unsympathetic this, to me. Without giving away too much, does her character get worse after the after the first I've only watched the first season and I I didn't have any trouble sympathizing with her. Yeah, I liked the, the first, first season. season. Yeah. Oh, but, it gets worse. Yeah. Okay. But I, I still lo- I stand by that's one of the best shows ever, best written um, female characters. I, I, I really loved that show and I loved it to the end because it was just so shocking sometimes and smart. And like Genji Cohen would put in little messages, like political messages, but in a way that was not being political. And she would like criticize Facebook and the internet. And <laughs> I don't know, she, I, I like it a lot. And it, because it's so, and it's normal, I think we're not used to seeing women that unlikable because the two guys you mentioned, you know, are male characters. So I think it's just a very unheard of thing to have an unlikable female character. Oh, I'm, I, yeah. No, I'm with you. <laughs> Although, but I haven't, I, I don't I'm, know. I, I haven't I'm, seen it in a while, but um, yeah, I think it's still, it's worth looking at. Although, Based on that, I'm going to have to give it another try. <laughs> yeah, and I mean... I liked for, it. I just didn't continue on with it. There's a lot of raunchy sex in it, too, which is... Um, oh, that's all you need to say to Pat. <laughs> <laughs> I watch it in slow motion. <laughs> the uh, it, But if you're looking for, like, good female characters, um, have you checked out the show Dads? Are you, is, are you being facetious, or is that a real recommendation? Dear God, don't know. <laughs> Nobody should watch that show. I haven't seen... I, I don't watch most of these things. You should no. You should actually watch one episode just to see the the depths to which TV can. No, say nobody that, should watch dads at all. Yeah, well, you I'm watching. Know. I'm watching two shows now with very strong. Um, actually, three of the shows that I love have strong brown female main characters. Brown. So. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> so I would say like like women of color, not white, and who are strong female okay. characters. Just so. What three shows? Yeah, what are they? Uh, so the Mindy Project. You like uh, that? Oh, I I uh, love it. At night, <laughs> Sorry, like even it. this season, the first season I liked it, but this season I just think, thought it went off the rails. There was too many guest stars, and it was all over the place. It is anyway. all over the place, but it's I still think it has great one-liners, and it's well written, and definitely gets on the level of Thirty Rock sometimes with its dialogues, and I like I like it, um, and I like Scandal. Although I wouldn't recommend it. I mean, it's not a great show, but it's fun to watch. And I like um, the one you recommended. One of you recommended Sleepy Hollow, which I shut off after the first five minutes. But then I went back and started watching it. And actually, I really like it. Oh, yeah. Sleepy (laughs) Hollow is great. Yeah. It's like a nice mixture of history, sci-fi nerdiness, a little bit of romance. Not really. Like the two main characters are never going to get together, like on the X-Files. You know, it was like, I love that aspect of it. So. I do like that a lot, where the two main characters don't have a chance to get together because it makes it into a, a, a more interesting kind of show. There's not there's none of the will they or won't they. Yeah. So I mean, I think that's actually that was funny watching Sleepy Hollow. I thought, oh, this is there's a lot of X Files things in this show, and that's probably why I like it. Oh yeah, that, for yeah, sure. that's that's a good point. The there hasn't been a, an X Files as much as Sleepy Hollow. I don't think. Uh, Fringe was close. Oh, I have to watch that. Yeah, I'd never heard of it. Oh, you really? Yeah, no. I thought Fringe was like was the next X Files, and now and now Sleepy Hollow is is kind of the same. 
Um, Fringe even had like Monster of the Week episodes and stuff, but, but and then they got into a big like long story arc thing, just like the X Files did, uh, which was where the X Files went wrong, in my opinion. I agree. I really didn't like the arc stories at all, and especially once you knew what it was, it wasn't fun to watch it again. So if you watch episodes again, it's much more fun to watch the Monster of the Week ones. Oh yeah, totally. Which is some shows that's not true. Some shows the the arcs are what makes this brings you into the show, but X-Files for sure. I think almost everyone agrees that the, the arc really, there was no payoff to what they did set up. And even if there, there was, it wasn't the ride wasn't worth it. Yeah. Especially compared to the standalone episodes like Claude Bruckman's final repose, which is what we're doing. Do you think we should take a break or just get right into it? Yeah, let's just go right into it. There's, I know people, I know people love the breaks and I they, know and they, they wait do. for them, but, but you know, we're going to be a bit of a tease this time. We'll just go right into it. Yeah, Clyde, Clyde Bruckman's final repose. Is that his name, Clyde? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, which was also an episode you picked. And so, tell us why you picked this. I was kind of hoping you would pick uh, Home. I know, <laughs> and I don't like that, that episode at all. That you out too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that I still don't even watch. I can't rewatch that one. Maybe Wait, someday. What, um, what episode is that? It's with the uh, hill inbred kind of oh, with a paraplegic mom okay. under the oh, bed man. on a like a on a episode. skateboard or something. I don't know. Yeah, and Andy <laughs> Taylor. It's frightening. I think they showed that on on Halloween. I I remember watching it being very frightened. They got a lot of complaints, and I I thought on that episode they actually like didn't show it in some places because it was I I don't know. I remember reading it was a pretty controversial episode. Yeah. It's, it was- Grotesque. Speaking of creepy X Files, the the creepiest thing that ever happened in the X Files for me wasn't wasn't the story. It was well, it was partly the story, but it was the the episode about insects. And they had part of the like there's a scene in the show where there's bugs walking across the front of the screen. And it really, I really thought there was a bug in my house, and it really scared me. <laughs> I can't hear you. What? Can you hear me, Jess, Jay, Pat? I can I can hear both of you. I, I I think we should take a break for technical difficulties. All right, let's do it. I'm gonna stop recording. We had a comrade, a brave comrade. He could talk for whole days, but then he tried to be a hero. Tried talking about Shamiro to computers wearing earphones. He almost died for conversation, hallucinations, good vibrations. Van Dyke Park's greyhound racing, steeplechasing, the Reformation, transubstantiation, Brian Stucker's creation, the land of the Thracians, and right back to the stars. All right, so just kidding, everybody. We did give you the break you were waiting for, uh, and now we're back. And anyway, we are talking about the episode we're talking about. Uh, Pat brought up his childhood fear of bugs, um, but this episode was Clyde Bruckman's final repose. So, again, uh, just tell us why uh, why you picked this one. I think it's, um, and it's probably something a lot of critics said too, it's a really rich episode. It's, it's written by Darren Morgan, who wrote a lot of the funnier episodes. Um, so there's definitely a lot of humor in it. I really like that. Um, 
there's a lot of uh, like the scenery. There's there's just some scenery in it that's really the set. Uh-oh. That's able to make um, does the show feel like an X Files episode. So it, it's kind of an iconic episode of X Files, I think. And plus, they had you know psychics, and they kind of made fun of, I think, the very thing they were making a show about. So there was a lot of tongue in cheek throughout the whole um, episode. And then I read that the um, that the writer was actually trying to ma- write an episode about suicide and still have it be funny. I didn't know that when I saw it, but um, afterwards, yeah, that must have been a hard thing to do. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I, there was definitely humor in it, um, but I, I actually thought it was uh, that was pretty sad too, and uh, not in the normal way that tv shows are sad where they're totally manipulating you the whole way like it was a very unsentimental kind of sad episode because uh peter boyle's character was was like he was just kind of resigned to you know he saw how everybody died and he he was like he was like well yeah i'm gonna die before you guys finish this case and and he did and I liked that he, he he was resigned to that, but he was also resigned to the fact that he had this power to see the future, but it couldn't do him any good. No, he couldn't he could win have, the lottery. He couldn't win lottery. Like he was one, I think it was one number off, but I mean, whatever. He couldn't win the lottery. He couldn't do anything with his power, but see how people die. Well, he was also just describing this human condition, this, that, you know, that everybody's fated to die and there's really nothing you can do about it. And yeah, mm-hmm. I guess that's what made the episode kind of sad, but kind of universal. Yeah, well, I mean, it made, it was sad to me when he died, even though you knew he was going to die. Um, but I think the manner in which he died as well, you know. Yeah, I don't. I did did I did we know he was going to die? Was that? He, well, he did say at one point, um, I, I, no matter what you do, I'm going to be dead before you uh, finish this invest investigation. That's true. I I I don't think. Well, of course, this wasn't the first time I watched it, but I think the first time I watched it, I was disappointed he died. I thought he got away. And, got away. He he wasn't charged with anything. No, I I no got away from the from the killer. I was just hoping oh, right. that because he, he wasn't in the room at the end. I was like, well, maybe he escaped. Right. When right. the when the uh, FBI agent came out of the bathroom, maybe he just ran away out of the room. Yeah. Well, he was planning to kill himself. Right. Yeah. From the beginning, and I think when he realized that he couldn't save his neighbor, when he he was like, oh. Yeah, I didn't. I forgot about her, and she's going to be gone, and I can't change anything that I care about, even though I have this power. Right, and that was sad too—the neighbor dying, which you knew was going to happen because you saw a kind of grisly scene through his eyes of uh, her dog eating her, yeah, uh, her corpse. Um, but he did save Mulder. Yes, he did. That's well, no, Scully saved Mulder. No, no. Well, oh, that's true. She she came down the elevator exactly at that moment, and actually that's the difference is that she was there. Oh, you're right. Yeah, because he turned he turned he turned the wrong way, and he turned the wrong yeah. So So the difference was Scully, and to the rescue. As she can't, she's never going to (laughs) die. Yeah, I, yeah, I love the line about the autoerotic asphyxiation. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> so we know how Mulder's going to die. So basically, we knew Mulder wasn't going to die here. 
Um, because <laughs> the dude mentioned auto auto erotic asphyxiation too, and and what his Mulder said something like, because he, he was like uh, that's it's not a very dignified way to die. Yeah. Mulder's like, yeah. why are you saying that to me? <laughs> <laughs> well, we know Mulder loves his porn. That's one thing we've learned from the X Files. So, and from David Duchovny's real life. <laughs> <laughs> it's an addiction, damn it. <laughs> well, he's on the right show for it now, I guess. Now we talked about how we didn't like the X Files, how they had the the art the arc stories, but I did like how the X Files did give us information like that. Like there was, we learned things about Scully and Mulder as this, the show went on. And it didn't have any have anything to do with the plots. Just little character pieces that were fun. Yeah. yeah, and you learn that Chris Carter also had a huge fetish for redheads. Like every time there's an extra or a character, a female character in an episode that normally would have been played by a blonde, it's a redhead. <laughs> there's funny. lots of redheads in every episode just it's, count the redheads next time you watch the show it's it's weird chris carter owned fox on sunday nights for like 10 years and i don't think he's done anything since since then since millennium was the only other thing i know he did but he did the x-files the x-files movie and then nothing Doesn't he was supposed to. to have a crime show out but it never started huh i guess the law and order i said nobody else can have crime shows but me <laughs> and now, what, CNCI? Is that the one that's the franchise, or is it CIS? Oh, it, I don't it, even know. There's two franchises. There's the Navy, NCIS, and then there's CSI. CSI, yeah. Yeah, who cares? I don't watch those. Um, the, I watch those The original CSI, the first few seasons, are great. And they're very based on the X-Files as well. <laughs> I think they also wouldn't exist without the X-Files. And hence the Twilight Zone. <laughs> also <laughs> wait was that the one with uh what's his dick ass name uh red- <laughs> redheaded dude no no that's csi miami that's no good oh okay no. do okay. not go there no 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 the first csi it's with um i can't think of the actor's name but grissom who loves bugs um it's it's good it's good oh uh, you just turned pat off to it Bugs, yeah. There's just, a lot of bugs in it. It was just that specific episode where the X Files, the, they made it look like the bugs were actually on the TV. It was awesome. Oh, was I scary, yeah, awesome. yeah. That one's a great one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, There's I, a character named what's her name, Bar- Bambi or something, or yeah, that was also um, in that episode. She was a scientist. I remember that. <laughs> and, she, and she ends up like falling in love with uh, the the other scientist who's like in a wheelchair and, and talks through a little throat machine and stuff. And, Stephen Hawking? Yeah, well, it was supposed to be somebody similar who studied alien, um, who studied like um, cockroach type insects that were actually alien. Oh. Well, he does sound like quite a catch. <laughs> His name was Thumper. <laughs> That's a different episode, but yeah, also worth watching. Do you know, Jess, um, what any of the episodes that Vince Gilligan wrote? Um, the dude who did who created Breaking Bad? Because I know he wrote on the X Files, but I never looked it up. No, I don't know it on the top of my head. But I thought he also directed a lot. I don't know, but he he wrote. Yeah, yeah he, he wrote. was he was yeah he wrote a lot of the episodes, but I. Okay, I no, it's thought fine. the one, but I can't think of the name of it, where they, they like, a lot of the ones with special effects, like the one where they blow up this train, um, where they did an alien autopsy or something. I think he wrote that one. Yeah. But, sorry, 
I know. That's yeah. another tangent. You'll have to do like the um, Ben Skilligan link to the two shows. But. Yeah. Well, I got to get Pat to watch Breaking Bad before we. I just finished the first season yesterday. Oh, dude. It was fun. All right. And I, I haven't even started watching it yet. So. I, I wait a long time. Things like Mad Men, I only watch this year because if it's too popular, I'm not going to watch it for a while. <laughs> I have to Why? get over my reluctance. I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I don't know. That, that's that's the weirdest form of OCD I've ever heard of. <laughs> we, yeah. Well, you guys need to get on it. And uh, Pat, have you been watching The Wire? No, I was watching. I just said I watched oh, Break. Damn Bread. it. <laughs> I haven't seen The Wire either, but but back to this episode. I love it that <laughs> I love it that they talked about um, Scully talked about the psychic blogosphere at one point in the episode, <laughs> and I just love how she used the w- blogosphere. So that was um, oh yeah, interesting. They were ahead of their time. They really were, as far as in- <laughs> and I and I love it that you know basically the story is there is this. Um, this psychic link between Clyde Bruckman and the murderer and the murderer is going to all these people with psychic abilities, tea re- leaf readers and fortune tellers, um, tarot readers to find out why he's killing people. And he thinks that um, Clyde Bruckman's character will give him some sort of wise answer when he finally finds him. And, you know, he, he finally does find him in the hotel by chance. And then he's like, well, can you tell me why am I doing all these things? And then he says, yeah, you do it because you're a homicidal maniac. And I think that was so perfect <laughs> because, you know, every day we read um, headlines in the newspaper. You know, somebody shoots somebody because they send an SMS in a theater or they give all these sort of logical reasons. Yeah but things because that's it <laughs> there's no mystery <laughs> yeah there's no crazy. mystery you're you're just a fucking lunatic right yeah and i think that's so true <laughs> so and we should talk about how awesome peter boyle was in this episode he's awesome in everything but yeah it, he was but it's he he wasn't his usual over the top he was really understated and subtle and very nice very pleasant and really sad what happens to him but very great acting in this episode from him no, I totally agree. You know, you know what I was struck by. Uh, I mean, I expected Peter Boyle to be great, and he was. Um, I was struck by Jillian uh, Anderson's acting. She, she was really good. Yeah, yeah. She, I think this was the first X Files I'd I'd watched in a, a since the show was on the air. I think, and it really reminded me what I liked about the show. How how the show could be good. This was. I think if I were to tell someone they need to they need to watch an X Files episode, this is a perfect one to send them to because you don't need to have any previous knowledge. It helps, but you need, don't need to have any previous knowledge to 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 enjoy it. And it's really well written and really good. Yeah, no, you and you get uh, Mulder and Scully's dynamic right away, even if yeah. you, if you'd never seen it. And I just loved her like her kind of smirking looks and and her sarcasm and stuff. Yeah, I thought it was it was great. But it was also neat that the the Mulder character was kind of in the Scully role in in that scene with the psychic. Someone here doesn't believe what's going oh, on. Oh yeah, the fabulous stupendous Yappy. <laughs> Which <laughs> yappy. I read was, yappy yeah. was played by uh David Duchovny's stand-in and right. it was written specifically for him including because they wanted to have fun with that accent. Yeah, and it- it's funny, I guess, because his name is Yap. That's a typical Dutch name. So, um, and he had kind of a Dutch 
English accent. But all the other people um, also, like the the head detective, he had like a French accent, but he was trying to be like New York, but it's because they were filming in Canada. It's probably all the extras and all the actors oh. were Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> so it's pretty funny. They were still on their lower budget trying to film there. It was a pretty great scene too when the the one detective is talking about how they have this great psychic that's going to come and help out or not he didn't say psychic this guy's usually well however he described it, it was like a perfect description of, of Mulder. Mulder yeah he's Mulder like walks this, in. this guy solved more cases for us than yeah yeah sorry I stepped yeah they back. even they even referred to him as spooky and that's his nickname but it wasn't <laughs> him yeah <laughs> yeah it was a very humorous episode and a poignant episode and yeah just well done all around. The writing, uh, it was extremely well written, well acted. And this, this episode of X-Files could have easily been a Twilight Zone. You could t- you can take the, the Scully and Mulder out and just put blank faces in it. It could easily be a Twilight Zone episode, the whole psychic who knows what's go- knows how he's going to die and describes it to everyone else in the show. It's just, it's, it, was, it was that kind of, you can take it out of the X-Files world really easily. Yeah, for sure. Um I don't think you could do that with the Twilight Zone episode unless like they found the body of Floyd Burney and then <laughs> found the tape recording and dug it up and like maybe that would be an X-File. But Yeah, it would be hard hard <laughs> to have Mulder and Scully investigate that crime. <laughs> I think so. Although the shadows of uh of the Rayford the brothers, brothers. <laughs> <laughs> might, <laughs> might be ex they might be aliens. You never know. Well they should I just wanna put it out there they should try it on dads because they need to do something <laughs> um i love that show don't you oh my god do you do you are you like plugging it do you work for that show or something <laughs> if, if i did they fire me <laughs> they would have fired me about 10 weeks ago because i've had nothing for disdain but for it i don't know if you guys read the hollywood reporter but i, I read it pretty regularly now and i saw the other day that the dads was so successful that they're making a spinoff called mom's so I'm looking forward to that. I know you're lying, Pat, but <laughs> I it, I actually wouldn't be surprised if that happened. They got uh, Meryl Streep to, to to come to TV. Well, don't they already have a show called? Oh, it's just called Mom. <laughs> Is there a show called Mom? <laughs> okay. Yeah, with Allison Janney and uh, Anna Ferris, right? Yeah. Yeah, I call her Chris Pratt's wife. Oh right, Mrs. Chris Pratt. <laughs> Oh, gosh, I cannot forget those two people. Do you know what movie I saw? That um, The one from the Farrelly Brothers. Now I can't think of the name. Movie, movie 42 or 42, 41? yes, I saw that. Why did you see that? They were I, in that? I, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they were in it. They played... <laughs> um, they played... <laughs> I don't... I'm not even going <laughs> to say what they did. No, I want to see it. <laughs> It's. I actually really liked it, but it was so far over what you ever want to see. Wait, you liked it? I think you're the I only one. I did like it. Yeah, I know. I looked it up online, and I am probably the only one um, <laughs> who liked it. But yeah, I really, I enjoyed it. I don't, I don't I, think I, I want some images that I really can't get out of my head anymore. But it was funny. Every yeah. every Farrelly Brothers movie I've watched, I've laughed at and enjoyed. So I don't know. Maybe I'd like it. I mean, I, yeah, I, I. It's hilarious if you like that kind of humor. It's hilarious, I and they push every. They go over every single line. You, they cross every line, basically. Have you liked any of their movies, John? I, I definitely like Kingpin. Um, mm-hmm. I saw uh, there's something about Mary in the theater, and I, 
laughs harder at that than I probably have at anything else. Although I feel like, but then I've never really wanted to watch it again, you know? Well, I, a lot of comedies that surprise. So yeah, I think, I think that's, that's what it was it. with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's it. I might've seen the one with, uh, who was it? Matt Damon and Greg Kinnear when they were Siamese twins. I might've seen bits of that, but mm-hmm. that was I funny. I like, that. I like the ringer, the ringer with Johnny Knoxville where he pretends to be a retarded person so he can participate in special Olympics. <laughs> it was pretty funny. No, this one, it's sort of every kind of taboo. They just break through it. Um, and it's kind of, yeah, I guess it's there. It was, and, and one of the, um, Farrelly brothers, you know, he said, well, everybody's always saying, do something different, do something different. And when you do, nobody likes it. So he was kind of bitter about it. I think. <laughs> really hated it. Well, it did is it, just win the Razzie for worst picture. <laughs> is it, is it like, I, I didn't see it. I, I assumed it was something like Amazon women on the moon, where it was a bunch of unrelated yeah. skits. It is. it is. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's I might all, like it. It's unrelated and it's sort of written and directed by different, or it's directed by different people. It's, um, I mean, Stephen Merchant is in it with uh, Haley, Ber- Haley Berry. They do um, an interesting <laughs> one where they are sort of daring each other to, they're playing truth or dare and they just keep daring each other to go further and further and further. And it's just their first date. Um, <laughs> but by the end of the date, it's so far more than you you ever should do. Like they just keep <laughs> daring each other to do things, and then they just keep doing it. And um, it's Sounds it's like completely surreal and over the top. Yeah. So how are children like this film? I no children it to involved. a first grade class. <laughs> no, I would keep um, <laughs> under under eighteen, under twenty one, maybe away from this film. It's not for children. <laughs> I don't know. When I was 14, I was watching all the, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I think that's 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 what's wrong with you. <laughs> no, <I'm laughs> just I, says First the person all, who saw Sid and Nancy and Clockwork Orange on her 14th birthday party. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's pretty cool, actually. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. At the party, it, that's kind of Clockwork Orange kind of brings the party down. It, it was a pretty cool party. It was. Fun. <laughs> And then we went at midnight Especially- to see the Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> and then after the Rocky Horror Picture Show, it was time for the ultraviolence. <laughs> and the acid. No. That's Doring. No. Um, all right. Uh, so I think this naturally leads to a discussion of sex. So, Jess, I'm totally fucking with you. I'm not going to say anything about sex. <laughs> <laughs> um. But I do want to say, uh, for uh, somebody who's never met me, to uh, to say that that's what's wrong with me. Oh, that uh, was. Yeah. I would like to say, "How dare you, madam?" <laughs> and that's where we'll end. Do you want? Do you want to challenge me to a duel? <laughs> at, at dawn, <laughs> P- you you ha- take a sword. I'll have a pistol. <laughs> we'll meet Who was the, the, field the of voice honor. you were doing, John? I think it was kind of Catherine Hepburn. Oh, I was <laughs> like Angela Lansbury. <laughs> she just won an Oscar. Again, I have to say, how dare you. Have you ever considered doing a whole entire episode using that voice? The, no, I only do... The only two impressions I can do is, uh, is Catherine Hepburn. Um, for some reason, my Catherine Hepburn impression is... Um, and I said to her, you old whore... 
And then uh, Jimmy. Where'd John go? Oh, he's back. <laughs> Jimmy Stewart, which I think everybody does. Um, I, I can do Jimmy Stewart too, but. Uh, please do. Oh. I'm sitting on the edge uh, of my seat. Uh, uh, I'm dead. That's <laughs> Jimmy Stewart. Uh, the end of my impressions. What, what, what film is that from? I'm dead. Oh, that's actual Jimmy Stewart. Oh, nowadays. I thought that was actual dialogue from It's a Wonderful Life 2. Electric Boogaloo. Um, <laughs> no, Wonderful Life 2. Colin, he's dead. Jim. The, uh, I, I guess we've covered the episode. Yeah, I, this is a really good X-Files episode. Um, and I had kind of remembered it, but, but not that well. I'd definitely seen it before, and it was like, uh, I recognized it, but it was uh, it was it was very moving episode and also funny. Um, yeah, so. I I, re- I remembered the end, but I couldn't remember how I, they got there, and that was as good as the end. So it was yeah, it was great. And Scully gets her dog Queequeg in that episode. Wait, oh. she gets her oh yeah. Because and Queequeg right. only survives for a few episodes because in another episode. Um, the this you know kind of Loch Ness monster thing gets her dog, but spoiler. <laughs> sorry, alert. just spoiler, <laughs> spoil it for you. But, That's um. okay. That dog deserved it after eating the old woman. <laughs> no, she was a good companion to Scully the dog. <laughs> she really needed, you know, needed. Here's an interesting fact: the, the 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 Clyde Bruckman was originally going to was written for Bob Newhart. Oh, that would have worked too. <laughs> That would have been interesting. <laughs> that would have been weird. <laughs> yeah, I think Peter Boyle was a little bit better choice. So he won what, an Emmy. What happened when Mulder was like off the show for a while, and then Scully oh. was even off the show too, right? Because they had like what's her name, Annabelle, Annabeth Gish, Annabeth and then, Gish, and and Robert Patrick. No, what's his name? Yeah, Is Robert that? Patrick. I think that's right. The, and they were trying to replace them with them. Yeah. yeah at that point, I w- I didn't even understand why they were keeping the show going it seems i think about 97 percent of the viewing public checked out when when during that season that's when the the arc took over and the cast david duchovny left to do to you know to start his film career which has went has gone so well <laughs> uh, well season three and five i would say are the best x-file seasons although there are still some good episodes in the later seasons even the ones there are some good episodes with annabeth gish and and robert patrick there's some good ones there but not many yeah i i checked out then and then i i did watch the finale and then i remember being like what the fuck that was it yeah what okay. what are your guys favorite seasons of the lone gunman uh definitely season uh 27 for me <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even I Wait, didn't even go there. I was not interested. Did they do a Lone Gunman show? Yeah. Oh, I don't even did it only Got last like three episodes. Very quickly. Probably, yeah. It was an odd idea. Although but everything that's been off of that show that I think they would have had a better chance of making a half yeah, hour. Yeah, Skinner also got so a show. Gr- he got his own show. Who did? <laughs> Agent Skinner also had a very obscure uh spin off show. <laughs> Only true X Files fans have seen it. <laughs> I, well, it was just like him it. in his in his garage filming himself. It's, <laughs> it's just it's just me watching uh, YouTube clips of him from the X Files. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cigarette smoking man could have been a good show. <laughs> the well, the Lone Gunman. I think, funnily enough, that that could be 
that would probably be more of a hit today with uh, nerd culture and everything. But yeah, maybe. Although they were pretty unlikable characters. Oh yeah. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, maybe not the best. They although uh, the one dude mm-hmm. was uh, was played by Getty Lee from Rush, so that was cool. Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> no, he just totally looked like him. I'm not familiar with Rush. Sorry. <laughs> a woman not familiar with Rush. <laughs> It's happening in this world. Um, yeah, yeah. I are are we? I guess we're done with uh, the episode talk. I don't. I don't have anything more to say. I I liked it a lot. I'll just say, watch it. Yeah, watch it. Watch every X Files episode, please. Up. Yeah. Up to <laughs> up to a point. <laughs> up to well, up to season five. I'll say. Okay, I can go along with that. Or just season three and five, but you kind of need the first season. Yeah, okay. you need you need the backstory. Yeah. Did you guys see the X Files movie that they made after the first X Files movie? Yeah, I, I hated it. You mean okay? The, in other With words, Billy the Connelly? second X Files movie. An, an Xbox or what exhibit in it or what's his name? I didn't see it. I don't even know. <laughs> I did. I did, but I don't remember <laughs> it. I would. I was just thinking it would be kind of neat if they made an X Files movie that was an actual nothing to do with all the arc, just a kind of a fun story with David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson, or Gillian, however you say it, just because they they work so well together and they're not well, doing anything else. The other X Files, the second X Files movie, was more of a Monster of the Week one. It wasn't oh, was really. It? It, oh, yeah, well, like... it was about one specific story, um, but it wasn't wasn't great. Oh, okay. Never mind. Sure. <laughs> you should see it just for you know being complete but um <laughs> to have seen everything but uh no yeah, the first I, one's better <laughs> i found it unmemorable so I, I, exactly I mean, but i didn't think it was like terrible or anything just from my memory but no and Mulder has a beard and scully has really long hair is it red in it yeah still red luckily okay chris, chris carter, carter was involved refused, refused to let her <laughs> diet <laughs> yeah well, uh, you want to do recommendations? Did you do you have a recommendation, Jess? Oh, I have a lot. Can oh. I, how many things can I recommend? Recommend as much <laughs> as you want. Let's let's show everybody exactly how crazy you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, touche! <laughs> Getting me back. Okay. <laughs> um, no, I what I was I was trying to think of things to recommend, and I was even trying to think of movies that I'd seen in the last year that I actually liked, and there really isn't there isn't much that I think is that great or recommendable. But um, the series Enlightened, I would definitely from Mike White. Yep, I'm with or, you on that. I would think it's great. Um, the movie that it was sort of that sort of started it, Year of the Dog, I found really unwatchable. But Enlightened seemed to be like the the later version of that idea, and it's done really well and really well executed. Um, and that's a current series. It's canceled. Recently canceled. <laughs> what HBO. channel is it? I've never heard. Oh, HBO show. Okay. Yeah, Laura Dern. I've heard of it. Oh, I like Laura Dern. It, it's great. Yeah, it was. it's hard to explain, but it's actually, it's just um, great writing, great acting. And, and it gets you emotionally, but in a, in a good way. So I think it was um, really yeah. good TV. Great character. She, it, it's, it's a little uncomfortable sometimes because she's so deluded. But, yeah, <laughs> but uh, it's yeah, it's worth watching. So, uh, yeah, go ahead. More. Yeah, this um, difficult character, but you do have a lot of sympathy for her. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Um, 
All right. It seems to be John's biggest problem when he doesn't have a symp- sympathy for a female character. He just turns the show off. <laughs> Ooh, Did it for weeds, Orange is the New Black. Else? No, I watched all of Orange is New I told you, I, I liked everybody on Orange is the New Black except <laughs> for the main character. Oh, Would you're going to love my next recommendation then. Okay. So I, I'm, I'm an artist, so I... I would recommend, so I have a lot of art to recommend, but um, Yoko Ono, <laughs> I would recommend <laughs> because she's, um, I don't think a lot of people know her conceptual art and she's really one of the best living examples of fluxus art, conceptual art, and, you know, kind of transcending art into pop culture. Yeah, I mean. So I think go out and dis- discover her work. <laughs> I think her best conceptual art piece was uh, Breaking Up the Beatles. Oh. Crazy bitch. <laughs> Just kidding. That is so funny. <laughs> okay, Yoko Ono's conceptual art. <laughs> yes. Um, have you heard of Dr. Lacra? Dr. Sorry? Lacra. No. So his real name is Geronimo Lopez Ramirez, and he's a... He's an artist from Mexico. He's a tattoo artist also. And he basically puts tattoos on on everything, like iconic pop culture from Mexico, like these old posters, and he'll like put tattoo art on everything. So definitely worth looking into. He's, he does interesting work. Dr. Lacra? L-A-K-R-A. Okay. <laughs> what do you so. mean he puts tattoos on everything? Like he'll just walk up to a cat and tattoo the cat? Well, oh, that would be great. <laughs> he might do that. But um, <laughs> I know Wim Delvoix, a Belgian artist, he tattooed some pigs. Um, but those are on display <laughs> in a very expensive art collection. But um, no, Dr. Lacroix does it on, you know, he, he does it with his paint, basically. Oh, okay. But he also tattoos people as I well. See. I don't know if he tattoos cats. I don't know that. I could Google that. But... <laughs> Or giggle at our new project. <laughs> I know. I'm going to do that. Um, and another movie that actually a lot of people that didn't stay in the public eye very long was Dark Horse um, from Todd Solons. Ooh, I, yeah, man. I, I, uh, I would recommend seeing it. <laughs> I would recommend seeing it. Storytelling was the last one of his I saw. Um, and, and I was just like, I don't know. I don't know if I can take any more Todd Solons. But... Dark Horse. I didn't even. I hadn't even heard. Yeah, I didn't of it. know. I I I saw his first two movies, and then it just kind of disappeared. And I loved them, but I just I missed the ones that came after. I I missed storytelling, but I loved Happiness, and I loved uh, Welcome to the Dollhouse. Well, I didn't see Palindromes, um, and I, there's another one after that I didn't see either. But I did see this one, and it's really. I mean, he kind of considers it his his most. He actually tries to make commercial movies, and he said that in an interview. Um, but I guess the world just doesn't see it that way. <laughs> but um, but this movie is it's uh, Selma Blair is the female character. Um, Jeff Garner? No, I can't think of the guy, the actor's name. But it's it's a very understated, um, and it's not that out as out there as his other. Like it's not as doesn't have that many shocking elements, I guess. Um, but it's very. Um, Human, very yeah, very touching. All right, yeah. Dark Horse. I think uh, Life During Wartime was one you couldn't think of. Right, that one. Yeah, and I didn't see that one either. 
So I have to catch up on those. It's hard to find his movies in Belgium. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Criterion Collection did Life During Wartime, I think. So I know that's out on DVD, Blu-ray, whatever. I, I, I have to say, I don't think there's a place where it's easy to find his movie. It's, it's not like he's, he's up there with Michael Bay is selling the most DVDs. <laughs> no. Uh, is that was that it? Well, I can keep going. <laughs> um, it's up to you. <laughs> no, you, know, you can come back. Thing. You don't have to do it. You don't have to give us all your recommendations on one show. Yeah, you can the come back. The final thing is, I'm just looking forward to um, X Men: Days of Future Past because oh, Brian Singer are. is going to be involved in it again. And yeah, we we've, we've talked about it. Yeah, I, I'm hoping they don't fuck it up. Um, but, I don't think they will. Brian Singer's two X Men movies were excellent. So yes, I'm, yes. I, yeah, I'm cautiously optimistic. And he's com- in the last X Men movie was good. Not the last uh, with modern times, but the one no, the- set in the sixties was was very good. And he's taking the actors from that and combining it into one movie. That's it's gonna be awesome. All right. Yeah. No, that's good. Uh, Pat. Uh, I would recommend a book from a couple years ago. It's a it's a heist novel set in a fantasy world called The Lies of Locke Lamora. And it's it's it, it's the ending isn't great, but getting to the ending is excellent. It's really well written, awesome characters and fun story. So go read it. I like the alliteration in the title. That's good too, yeah. Uh I will recommend uh a movie which is also a criterion collection, uh The Friends of Eddie Coyle. Uh, and I thought of that because Peter Boyle is in it. It's from the early 70s, Robert Mitchum stars, and it's a uh, it's kind of a it's kind of a neo noir movie. Um, you know, shit just goes bad for this dude. Um, but but it's worth watching. The Friends of Eddie Coyle. So check it out. It was you know that was that period when Hollywood was making all going against the big the big budget type movies and getting more personal so it's good i like it the end ah <laughs> <sighs> indeed so, anything else did you guys enjoy the oscars um it was it was all right i th- i found it a little weird like i thought her like walking around in the audience just seemed kind of aimless to me yeah, I liked it. I liked her ordering pizza. I liked her giving the pizza out. I liked her collecting the money and taking, uh, I, I don't know how to pronounce her names, lip gloss. It was fun. Oh, I, It was my first Oscars that I've seen live in, yeah, 18 years, so it, I enjoyed it. <laughs> I, uh, I do like the new thing of like people not clapping during the In Memoriam segment because... I think we've talked about it before, Pat, but it always seems kind of dickish to like clap really loud for some people, the more popular people, and then and then yeah, and it's silence for the sound engineer. The, yeah. Right, exactly. So uh, I think it's it's a lot more respectful to hold the applause till the end on that. Uh, I like that. I actually liked uh, what's his name's uh, song and dance number, Pharrell Williams. I didn't care for the song so much, but I thought it was like cool choreography. So was that his song from from Despicable Me, or do they just have him sing it? Don't know. That's his song. Okay. Yeah, and he made, um, I think he made like 24 different videos of that song. <laughs> like for each hour of the day or something. They did like, 
every hour they made a new video of that song. That's funny. So you can find, I, they like live streamed the videos as they made, I don't know. If you look on YouTube, you can find the 24 different videos around the world. Different hours. Oh, definitely. My more. my teenage daughter hipped me onto that, so otherwise I would not have known about that song at all. It's definitely. I, I like I like the Frozen people did their speech, sang their speech, and I like the uh, Veronica Mars got to give an award out. Oh yeah, I like seeing Veronica Mars up there too. I fast forwarded the Frozen people speech, um, so I didn't know they sang. Uh, I also fast forwarded you uh, too, so I I didn't really need to hear Bono sing. Did you see you two on? No, you didn't watch the episode of Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, that was pretty good performance on the roof. Mm-hmm. No, I I did not. Um, did either of you guys watch the first episode of Late Night? But you're Seth not a big U two fan. Um, I was a U two fan back in the '80s, and and yeah, now no, I'm Bono's. Me too. Just not anymore. Over the edge, yeah. <laughs> uh, I did watch the first episode of Seth Meyers. It was terrible. Yeah, I was pretty disappointed in it. Did I you love notice? Do you notice now how they're turning the laughing up louder? Or they got they like coach the audience better. It seems like because the first episode nobody laughed at anything. I did because I had watched another like one. And they're like super loud. The audience I, is like crazy yelling. I thought they must have paid them or something. I thought it was a laugh track. I was just, yeah, uh, me too. It was terrible. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. I don't think Seth Meyers is terrible on uh, Saturday. Night, he wasn't on terrible on Saturday Night Live, but I don't know. If, I hope he gets better because I I did not enjoy his performance on Late Night. And I liked the first episode with Conan, and I liked the first episode with Jimmy Fallon, so it's not like I have super high expectations. Yeah, it's too bad. I mean, I liked him on Saturday Night Live, but I, you know, I kind of was hoping maybe he'd do something a little different, but it's just still the basic talk show format, and he didn't add anything to it at all. Oh, I don't, I don't care about that. They can keep the same format, but be funny. He's not funny, and I, he's kind of doing the same... He's doing, it's like he's reading the news. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they add a really bit, or maybe they'll they'll call it something else, like why, and just have the same kind of jokes. And I don't understand why the band plays the same song every time. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah, because like the Roots, they play a different song every time. And like Fred Armisen's band, they just have like one theme song and they play it in between every break, the same song. (laughs) Well, they only know one song. That's (laughs) That's what I was thinking i was like made her some other songs they didn't have time yet i I don't get it to be fair joe biden and amy polo were very funny on that first episode yeah oh yeah and patrick stewart and um ian mckellen were was pretty funny they called him jimmy he called him jimmy like jimmy (laughs) fallon by accident i'm 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 considering seriously going to new york to see that uh waiting for good oh yeah it's only 30 bucks well, I yeah, Amy Amy Poehler can do no wrong, basically, in my opinion, anyway. So I knew she'd be good, but yeah, I I don't know who cares anyway. Who watches late night shows? You just watch like the the clips on uh, your f- Facebook friends when they post them. Well, I have Hulu and I have Netflix, so I just watch it during lunch. Oh, if I'm eating a sandwich, I'll watch the monologue. <laughs> I'm kind of anti. So I'm not staying anti. Amy Poehler after she broke Will Arnett's heart. Yeah, but now she's going out with Nick Kroll, so. I know. It's totally, she like went down a notch. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> we, we don't know what happened. with Maybe maybe Will Arnett broke her heart. Or do you have more insight into it than I do, Pat? Well, the letters I write to Will Arnett say that uh, 
Amy Poehler broke his heart. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think I think he's doing a good job of breaking his own heart with these terrible shows he's getting <laughs> on. Uh, yeah, he's he's for the when Dad's comes comes back, he's he's the the part they wrote for him. Maybe it'll improve the show. Is he on Dad's? No, he's on another terrible <laughs> oh, show. Okay. But, but, which has... is kind of I've kind of the same idea. His his mother and father divorced, and his mother moved in with him. Oh, I actually liked Up All Night. I liked the first season of Up All Night. That was pretty good. Yeah, Pat didn't care for it. I thought it was yeah. all right. It got bad because they kept trying to change it to make to get more people to watch it, and then it just got ridiculous. It's like New Girl. I really liked the be- the first few episodes of New Girl, but now I just I can't even watch it. It's so so the, bad. The Dame- Damon Wayans Jr. completely ruined it for me. I don't know why he's on there, and I wish. He oh wasn't. man, but th- th- he was so good in the pilot. He really he yeah, was in the pilot he was great. Yeah, he, he was better than Winston. So I I thought it would be better when he came back. But it's funny because the way you talk about New Girl is how I feel about the Mindy Project. It started out really good and then went off the rails. For me. Well, yeah, I mean, but I, I guess I watched it too close to each other. Like, I just oh, okay. missed that evolution. <laughs> I had to catch up on a lot of stuff. So Of course, I'm, I don't have a quota of brown people for TV like you do. <laughs> okay. Uh, I got to put something about brown people in the episode description. Please don't. I won't. We're just messing with you anyway, Jessica. We do. We want you to come back, so try yeah, to be nice, well, Pat. There's, there's something you brought up. Oh, we should do uh, Barney Miller versus Brooklyn Brooklyn Nine Nine and have her come back. Have Jessica come back. Oh yeah, I'd be down with that. Okay, and it's a reason to start watching Brooklyn Nine Nine, which I wanted to watch anyway. So there's a better reason since we recommended it a million times. <laughs> I know, but I I fight those things sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's too popular for you to watch, so you, we can do it next year. I don't think it's actually that popular. It won a Golden Globe, John. Oh, yes, that's true. it did. It did. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess we should uh, end it, Pat. What time is it there? Like 3 a.m.? Yes. But I have my nightcap one. <laughs> that's good. You got your, you got your uh, candle in the little candle holder, mm-hmm. walking around in your pajamas, checking for mice under the bed. Uh, well, thanks for coming on, Jess. Yes, thank you very much. This is great. Thanks for having me. It was really fun. Yeah, and for making such fun choices of stuff to watch. You too. I really enjoy the show. Yeah, I, I will still be a fan even after tonight. Thank you. Well, yeah, I mean, in was, spite of tonight, <laughs> it was nice that you weren't a uh, uh, idiot. Which you know, you never know. But if you are a fan of the show and you're an idiot, you're welcome to come on. Oh, most definitely. That's not any. We don't have anything against that, particularly. So, idiocy. I mean. And if you uh, would like to write us, write us at popculturecontinuum at gmail dot com. That's where Jessica wrote us. Or like us on fa- Facebook. Or write us highly on iTunes. Or listen to us on Stitcher, which we're on now for some reason. Oh, for, actually, for one reason, my one friend. Hey Jennifer, enjoy us on Stitcher. Yeah. Hey Jennifer, I guess it's it's too difficult for you to use iTunes or your phone or anything. Or, or our Stitcher actual website. Stitcher is on the phone. Oh, oh gosh, yeah. Stitcher's on the phone. Nothing else is. So, yeah, there you go, Jennifer. We're on Stitcher now. Uh, I'll be $50. Okay. Well, thanks again, Jessica. And uh, until next time, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Say bye. goodbye. <laughs> All right. Bye. <laughs>
I drive.